0: It is exactly three minutes after 8 o'clock on Metro FM Talk. And yes, the lady of the moment has stepped into the building. And isn't she awesome? She's all round awesome. And when you hear her and, and what it is that you, she does, you'll understand completely why. The question we'll be asking uh, this evening is what does it really take? to upscale your business, you know, for it to grow and attract investments and maybe eventually, you know, you, you sell it for, for a profit. I think a lot of business owners would love to find themselves in that type of position. And and why is it that some businesses struggle to attract that that type of investment? While for others it may look like it's relatively easy, although anybody who's an entrepreneur and who's in business will attest to the fact that it's never easy. It may look like it's easy, but that's at the tail end of it when you're enjoying um, the results and the fruit of your labor. But joining us this evening is Matzi Mudise, who is an entrepreneurship activist and founding CEO. Of Furaha Africa Holdings. Mati, thank you so much for joining us. It's so awesome to, to be sharing the mic with you today.
1: <laughs> we always share other things, but today we're sharing the mic. <laughs> so today good to see you, today. <laughs> you, you know what I mean?
0: It's awesome. And, and I love the conversation that we're talking about now mm. because we were actually in conversation with Khumuso Matla, who's in India with Ayabongakawa and a group of other phenomenal startup entrepreneurs. Mm. And they're basically exploring how media and technology can merge for innovation and growth mm, mm. and 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 let's perhaps look at that same model when it comes to to to, to startup companies mm. like su- Sunday Saturday rather mm-hmm. is Africa Day right but let's look at entrepreneurship mm-hmm. on, on the African continent mm. I know you work not only in South Africa but you know throughout the continent and actually throughout the world um, a- as well mm. what is the state of entrepreneurship on the continent
1: so entrepreneurs belong to an ecosystem, right? So you have the entrepreneur, they have a business, and within that um, environment, you find investors, you find markets. And I think when we're having this conversation, we have to reflect on what is, what are the ecosystems that we are creating or have created for African startups in Africa. And I would say that it's definitely evolved, Tami. Um, if you look 10 years ago, we didn't have half the accelerators, incubators, um, investors, venture capital that's coming onto our continent, and also we didn't have organizations like Simodisa, which is I'm part, which I'm part of, Silicon Cape, um, and all like the myths and Meta Africa. So we really have come a long way. We have evolved, and I think countries like South Africa, Kenya, and Nigeria are top um, onto our well, startup ecosystems. Um, and I think Nigeria is top 100 in the world. Of I mean, well, actually Lagos, is one of the top cities um, in the world that has a thriving Driving startup ecosystem. So, um, and also, if you had to look at the importance that startups play in our economy. Um, there's a huge emphasis on how do we start supporting small businesses because they're really going to be the engine of our economies. Mm-hmm. So there's a greater emphasis and a lot more young people want to be entrepreneurs. Um, I think it's not anymore a survival thing that I want to become an entrepreneur because I was fired or I was laid off because everybody's not trying, the big companies are shedding jobs. Um, I want to be an entrepreneur because there are lots of opportunities. Um, and I think the great thing right now is that technology is becoming very important in your journey as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And, and what I really like
0: about you describing entrepreneurship um, as, as as part of an ecosystem, mm-hmm. it basically says that as an entrepreneur, this is not a one man show, it's not mm-hmm. a one woman show, the journey does not have to be lonely. Um, and, and, and if you reach out and you find out what the matrix around you is mm-hmm. like, you'll find that there's a lot of support and a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the type of businesses that Africans and young young Africans are coming up with. Are they the type of businesses that address the the, the, the economic problems, the social problems? Is there a pattern in mm. what type of businesses young Africans uh, are choosing to get into? Mm.
1: I would say especially on the African continent, the businesses that are coming up are businesses that are finding solutions to problems. I I was in Kenya the whole of last week. Um, I was working with Google and it's an accelerator that looks at, um, you know, technology businesses across the continent. So we had South Africa, we had Kenya, we had Nigeria, we had some Ghanaians in other countries and when you look at the, com- the kind of companies that they have, they're all solving a problem in their society. And what we're always encouraging them to do is if, imagine you could find a product that could service the one point two billion people on the African continent. Imagine you could do that, and because of technology, it's possible to do that. Right. Um, so I think a lot of um, you know opportunities that are coming out now, or um, you know entrepreneurs that are coming out now, they're people that are saying. I have a problem. Let me find a solution for it. They are thinkers.
0: They're thinkers. They're thinkers. And and I think when we look at entrepreneurship and, and the type of opportunities that exist, mm. you know, one needs to go beyond the regular spaza shop. One needs to go beyond, the, you know, what has always been done. Correct. Because the playing field now has been opened up. Mm, and if mm, you apply mm, your mm. mind to what are the... Problems that the world is facing, mm. and how can you come up with that problem? Then you're probably onto something.
1: And technology again, because I'm going to actually be saying technology. I think we should well, that, that, I think count how many times I'll be saying technology tonight. But well, that's the new frontier, it's right? Making it possible for people to know what's happening. If I'm in Johannesburg, what's happening in Kwakwa? What's happening in Palabora? What's happening in all? What's happening in the world? Right. I think because of technology and how everything has gone digital and viral, we are able to see really this is how people do it because we before it'll take months for you to know what is really happening how are people doing it but technology is really really revolutionizing how everything is done and how people are yeah. taking in and opportunities come out of that as it's well it's a
0: whole new world it's a whole,
1: yeah you, you know with the new cabinet
0: that's just about to be elected there is some speculation that the department of small businesses might be merged um, with another department <sighs> <laughs> I hear a deep sigh, I see a deep sigh. What is
1: your take on that? I don't think it would be a bad idea, to be honest. I think it served its purpose, whatever it is, however big or however little it was. But I think the fact that we did have a ministry of small businesses showed that there's a political will for us to support small businesses. But in the past five years, have we really achieved what we should have achieved um, in enhancing, enabling and really empowering small businesses? Small businesses at the end of the day want a market, want clients, want people that can actually buy from them. South Africa has great policies. Some of them have to be refined. Um, but do we have a government that's willing to listen? Because a lot of um, the interventions are top bottom. Nobody really, really, you know, takes the time to actually understand is this what we're creating? Do they really want it? So what
0: I hear you saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. is that perhaps there would still be a need for a department of small business, yet the strategy of this r- department now needs to look significantly
1: different to what it has looked like before. Five years ago, I mean, five years later, what is the strategy? I have no idea. Yes, there has been um, there's a, a, an accelerator program for the gazelles, but how many people has it empowered? There's a lot of policy that we've... Been engaging the government on around reducing some of the rate to trade, reducing some of the restrictions. Nothing has come out of it. What we can see, uh, because the numbers do tell a story. High levels of unemployment, high levels of people's inability to create sustainable businesses that will create jobs. And, and, and we're what, not supporting our small businesses. And, and what
0: we're going to do after this break is to chat to uh, somebody who has actually created a business that seems to be largely, you know, sustainable and seems to be growing from strength to strength. She is Ntombentle Kwa And after this break, she joins us for our conversation. Some throwbacks deserve a comeback, like moon moonbags, and even the greeting hazard. That's why Hunters, the original cider, is on a mission to hashtag refresh cool and bring back the old school. All you've got to do is follow Hunters Cider on Facebook, share throwbacks that deserve a comeback, and you could win yourself some refreshing prizes. Hunters, refreshes like nothing on earth. Drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. It's exactly 13 minutes after 8 o'clock. This is a Metro FM talk. I'm Taming Ubeni sitting in for Ayabonga. And we are in discussion this afternoon um, with some phenomenal woman talking about how do you and how can you uh, upscale your business? We'll be joined in, in a very short while by Mbente, uh, uh Katwane, who is the founder of Afro Afrobritonics. She is in America at the moment, so she'll be joining us on the line. But while we wait for her to come on, Matzi, as far as upscaling of businesses is is, is concerned, is is it a challenge for South African businesses specifically to to get the opportunity and the environment and to mm. tap into the resources available
1: in this ecosystem mm. that you've spoken about. So I think because you spoke about ecosystems, it's how do we create enabling environments? Um, you know, one of the challenges is as much as you talk about technology, it's still a foreign concept to a lot of people, you know, in far reaching parts of of South Africa. And how do we create ecosystems, not just in Johannesburg, Durban and Cape Town, how do we actually go to townships? Um, Some of the programs that we did run once upon a time, would love to continue to run it, is have what you call Kasi Go Digital, Kasi to Kasi. Mm. So (laughs) us actually going into environments where our people are and creating, you know, enabling environments, you know, bringing the ecosystem to them, not that people have to take Five taxis to get to sentence so that they can see investors how do we create um you know startup weekends in in, in, in township environments how do we um, you know ensure that big corporates actually know what's happening what are the industries that exist in you know small towns in 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 South Africa so that's how we're going to be able to sensitize people around. This is technology. This is what's happening. These are the opportunities. It has to be inclusive. And and so when we're breaking down scaling a business, what mm-hmm. exactly are we talking about? Well, scaling a business is increasing your sales whilst you, your costs remain the same. So basically your revenue will increase, but then you're not necessarily hiring more people, getting more resources versus a growth company, which is increasing the costs as you increase your sales. So scale-ups um, you know, are companies that are actually I mean, if you I can if you look at the scale ups that exist right now, the likes of the Facebooks, the Ubers, the Airbnbs, they use technology, Mm. they used, you know, digital platforms. And I think it's important that people are aware of it's not something that's difficult um, because we now have technology that allows that to happen Um, going online. um, I find that. You know, I engage a lot with startups and, you know, established businesses and small businesses, you know, people in the ecosystem. There's lots of them, different kinds of businesses. And a lot of the elder, you know, um, small businesses like, you know, owners, founders of small businesses, they don't necessarily have a digital presence. It's very difficult for people to find them. And if you look at the current consumer, everything is at the tip of your fingers. Everything. So you need to start looking at how do I go online because a lot of my consumers are online. Even old people. I mean, the other day, uh, my dad got onto WhatsApp and now he's like telling me things that I even <laughs> myself don't know. He's like, "Matsy, why don't you Google this? <laughs> like, <So> okay, dad. <laughs> even older people are actually catching on to this digital thing. And then creating e-commerce platforms because, you know, you can have a website. Having a presence something as simple as having a, a, a website some of these websites are free there are tools out there that enable you to actually have a digital presence you have to take advantage of that and i think utilizing social media a lot of times we sit on our Facebook and Instagrams and we post all sorts of random things. You could actually start having an Insta page for your business. Mm. A lot of the things that I purchase these days is because somebody spoke about it on Instagram. Somebody's an influencer. So, you know, like it's, it's a different world altogether. Different industries are being created because now everything is digital and everything is utilizing um, you know technology and then also automating um, the systems that you have. So looking at well, I wouldn't say reduce human error and increase um, because I mean scaling means that you're creating efficiency and also you are not spending as much money as you could have spent you know instead of buying some space in a magazine or a newspaper now you can actually have more impact by having an Instagram page because it's going to have a lot more followers Let's let's do this. Uh, Domente now joins us on the
0: line. Uh, Ndombeni, lovely to have you with us. Um, now, first of all, congratulations on on the business that you've started and and are running. Thank you, and thank you for having me. Now, N- Ndombeni, we we did um, introduce you a little bit earlier on the fact that you are you know the founder of Afro Botanics. Now, tell us a bit about your business and and how you started that.
2: Okay. So, Afro Botanics manufactures natural hair, body products, natural baby products, and we just introduced an eco-friendly dishwashing liquid. And when I started out, I was actually outsourcing my manufacturing, and I started out just doing natural hair products. Um, but now, we've moved into our own manufacturing um, factory. We actually just bought a factory now. Wow. in Chirion, and we started off with about two products, and we currently have about 60 products in stores, uh, different stores from clicks to game, pick and pay, etc.
0: And and these 60 products are they all now within the the natural hairspace, or have you uh, diversified?
2: Oh yeah, no, know it's diversified. We now have natural body range. Um, we have natural baby range, and uh, we have um, you know stuff like body washes that don't that are sulfate-free and good for the skin, good for the environment. And we are launching an eco-friendly dishwashing liquid um, that will be exclusive to clicks.
0: Now, what I like about your story, Imatin, um, I'm sure you'll agree with this, is that you know she started off with one product, mm. and now she's got 60 products uh, in her portfolio. Domenla, I'm quite interested to find out at, at what point... Um, were you able to attra- attract um, the type of investors that you needed to, to scale up?
2: Wow. Um, yeah, I haven't actually gotten investors yet. Um, I think we purposely have stayed away from investors because, you know, when you get an investor too soon in your business, then your evaluation for the business is too low. So people will be able to buy large um, shares, shareholding in your business for, um, at a very cheap rate. And we knew that we were going to grow fast and get the business to a, you know, a high valuation. So we've grown through loans. So I'm with Standard Bank, for instance. So I've gotten quite a few, um, help from them over drafts. Um, and I've also gotten a loan from the IES who have assisted us with a loan. Um, but we've basically grown by investing back into the business. And we've also taken advantage of, um, supply development programs like TICS. Was able to give us um, uh, a 1.5 million loan, and um, the MassMart Fund was able to give us a 600,000 rand grant. So that's how we've been able to grow our business without investors.
0: Wow, that is really impressive. Mm. Really, really impressive. Matzi, she spoke about Untermitla spoke about not having investors too early on in your business. Mm-hmm. And obviously you've got to have a really sound uh, you know business model in order to be creditworthy, mm-hmm. for banks to even give you the loans and extend the overdrafts uh, to you. What are your thoughts uh, regarding, I guess, the various options that entrepreneurs have in raising finance while
1: still perhaps maintaining a large equity mm. in their business? I think the reason why Ngoementli has been able to really progress at this pace that she's progressing is she's taken the right path. Um, a lot of times startups would say, I, I have an idea. I want to start a business and I need money. That's kind of just a natural thing that everybody thinks. Um, but I just feel. What we'll do. Uh, sorry to cut you off right sorry. there. We're going to
0: go for a quick break and and then continue our conversation. It's exactly 20 minutes after eight. <laughs> Some throwbacks deserve a comeback. Hunter's The Premium Cider is is on a mission to refresh, cool, and bring back the old school. So can you refresh, cool? Tune in to 9 to Midnight with Sintler this week and join the coolest conversation to share your throwbacks that deserve a comeback. Follow at Hunters Cider and Metro FM on Facebook for more information. Brought to you by Hunter's, the original cider that refreshes like nothing on earth drink responsibly, not for sale to persons under the age of 18. This is Metro FM talk with it is exactly 24 minutes after 8 o'clock on Metro FM Talk in the middle of a, a really engaging conversation with Matsi Modise, entrepreneurship activist and founding CEO of Faraha Africa Holdings as well as Untombentle Katwane, founder of Afro Botanics. Now before the break, um, mm-hmm. Matsi, we were talking about uh, strategy. Mm. She had said that you know, she hasn't attracted any investors, even though she has upscaled her business, mm-hmm. but
1: she's used loans and, and overdrafts. And just wanting to find out what you, your thoughts are about that. I think way to go. Um, I think she definitely has the right approach. Um, because we focus too much on. I have a business, I have an idea, I have a business, I need money. It's like, no, 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 you actually don't need money. You need to focus on building your product. You need to ensure that you pivot, you try it a couple of times, uh, test it out of the market, and then get a little bit of traction. Because if you're now looking for funding, whether it's investors, whether it's loans from banks, people want to see that you've put some skin in the game. People want to see that there actually are people out there who are willing to buy this product or service of yours. And then in in essence, if you have been able to get a little bit of traction, people want to invest in you which is which is what the said that Initially, she had to live from you know um, an overdraft after an overdraft. And entrepreneurship is about that your ability to create something out of nothing, to create money out of something that didn't exist. That's what entrepreneurship is about. It's not I need to go get a loan because a lot of startups focus on running around for a whole year, being you know put from pillar to post because they're not trying, they're not getting funding. It's because you're focusing on the wrong thing. So I love her story. I love what she's done, and probably that is some of the secrets to her success because. She's actually gotten her hands dirty, improved upon her business, grown it, and then now she has investors running after her. We we do have a couple
0: of calls coming through. If you want to take part in the conversation, uh, maybe you want to share your story or have a question to ask, do give us a call on 89 110 Kulani, we have you holding from Pretoria. Good evening to you. Hello. How are you guys? Are we awesome, Kulani? How are you doing?
3: I'm good. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you for joining us. What's on your mind?
3: Wow, hey, I'm at a space where I've been running a business for now nine years. I need advice from our lady there. Mm. Um, I feel as if I've been doing one thing for a whole lot of time where I feel I am now jumping into one circle which is about to swallow me. Uh, I've been making that kind of money. I feel as if now I need to move on, and I don't know how to. I need advice on that. How do I now proceed towards me making or break or getting a breakthrough in terms of business? Hmm.
0: L- l- let me see if I, I understand. So, are you saying, Kolani, that you want to uh, stay? with the particular business that you are in right now, but you're feeling quite stuck and you don't know how to move your business to the next level. Is is that what you're saying?
3: I have a skill. I don't have business management skills. I have a skill. I don't have business management skills. I need help in terms of how I can now push my business beyond. Mm.
0: And and is your, is your business a product or is your business a, a service, like a skill?
3: I sell a skill. I how can i best put this um at all time
0: you sell time. Mati, Mat- any thoughts on
1: how you could be assisted? Sure. I think it's very difficult without understanding what the real problem is. But the good thing is that we have an ecosystem of support. And um, like Domelka spoke about, you know, she's part of the IDF or she got funding from that. And, and also she's taken advantage of accelerators and incubators, which actually understand startups. And they would be able to understand what interventions are necessary because he might have the ability to Um, process things, but or kind of distill his um, his consulting services, but not able to sell. So being part of these programs that a lot of corporates are funding out there and you can actually just Google um, accelerators in South Africa, incubator programs in South Africa, you know, whether it's SAP, whether it's, um, you know, the uh, Anglo-American all these corporates have to spend on enterprise and supply development. And so whatever your industry is, whatever you're focusing on, find a company and also just look into what is it that they're doing to um, you know, to 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 support suppliers or to for their enterprise development. Because those are the environments that would be able to listen to what he has to say and say. This is your problem. These are, in essence, the doctors of our industries because these are incubators and accelerators that are supposed to help you grow because they understand your issues.
3: Mm.
0: So is that of assistance to you, So basically just Google incubators and accelerators in South Africa and find one that is perhaps in your area or one that is you know focusing on whatever industry that you are in. Give them a call because it is their mandate to support you know businesses mm. such as your own. Is that something that you can do? Of course, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> well, we wish you all the best. <laughs> all right. I mean, Go ahead. Colani, are you still with us? Okay, looks like we've lost Kolani there. <laughs> uh, but Ndombentle, I, I just want to get back to you. Um, the issue of distribution and fighting for shelf space, what has been your experience there? I mean, obviously, you're in a position now where you are in the big retailers. Um Obviously, it wasn't always like that. How did you get your foot in the door? How have you kept your foot in the door? And how have you overcome the challenges that you faced?
2: Uh, retail is quite hard because, you know, retail is built for people who have mass mass muscle. So, you know, it makes sense for Unilever or Tiger Brands because they've got a lot of products to sell, so different products. Um, for different customers in different markets. And they also have the muscle in terms of the marketing and the trucks and the distribution network to get the products, um, to the different retailers. So it took me probably like two years knocking on retailers before anyone listed me. The first, um, retailer to to me was them. And the main reason why they gave me a chance was because I was the first natural hair hair brand in South Africa at the time. I think most of the time, ta- at the time, the retailers were thinking that natural hair is, is a passing trend, um, but when they saw that in America it's quite growing, they were able then to think that it was working in South Africa. So I listed with Game, and after six months, he took me on, and he can then took me on as well. I mean there's huge challenges because just because you're in shop doesn't mean that now people will buy your product. People don't know your product. Um you don't have money to market um your product. So I had like six months to make sure that my product starts moving and starts making money for the buyer because the buyer has a target to make. Uh so it was uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all of those um tools were really great for growing a brand like mine that didn't have much of a marketing budget. Luckily, as well, I was picked up by quite a few of the influencers and YouTubers It helped to spread the word. you know, Afrobatianic so is one of the top three performing natural hair care brands. It then gave me clout to be able to start introducing whatever brand I, or whatever product I wanted to introduce. So I was able to introduce a kitty's natural range, I was able to you know, move into body and all of those things because I had now built a reputation that... The products are put on shelves actually do sell. Um, but yeah, dealing with retail, it's a mass game, which is why we've pushed very quickly and hard to grow the number of products we have on shelves mm. so that are able to reach different audiences.
0: Now, what are the politics of the retail industry? I mean, somebody like yourself who is right in the thick of things will be able to give, you know, some of our listeners who perhaps want to venture into that space or are in that space, uh, perhaps some insight as to how to maneuver their way around them. What have you encountered?
2: I think, first of all, you need to find the name of the relevant buyer of that category that you want to go into. They make the final decisions. Um, most of the time, we try to find maybe you know, the CEO or someone high up, the buyer is the person who will make the decision because they're the ones who must make um, their targets. That's the first thing. Find the right buyer for your product. Second of all, make sure that you already have traction. So a buyer will not take you on if no one knows about your product or even if you haven't sold your product. You need to go to them and say, this is the case for listing my product. Uh, My product is different from what you have in this way and it will add value your customer in this way. Most of the buyers, unfortunately, are white. So um, they are already biased against black suppliers. I had an incident where um, a, supply, uh, a buyer was outright racist against me. She actually told me that she doesn't trust quality produced by black suppliers and mm-hmm. you always let them down. Um, but, you know, you've got to grit and bear it and keep on um, being persistent. I made it a point to always Write and call the buyers until they gave me a listening. Um, but yeah, the politics are just that your product needs to be something that they know can sell. There's no point in you going to present a product to a buyer that is exactly like what they already have have on shelf. Differentiation is a very very key thing.
0: And and where to uh, from here for you in Domedlo? What what is your vision for Afrobotonics?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, time you know this year has been quite challenging. You know, I have I've had like two big companies approach Afro Botanics wanting to buy us. We've had so many investors coming in wanting to, you know, invest in us. And obviously we need the money because we want to grow. Uh we have an advantage right now, you know, going into eco friendly dishwashing liquid, which means there's a lot of things that we can go into and be first mover, especially for the kind of markets that we target. So uh, yeah, I just need to make decisions, Tami. Mean, I mean we should water factory, you want to get that working and efficient and um, get our efficiencies right so that our our profit margins increase. But yeah, I you know, I have dreams. I want to see Afro-Botanics <laughs> in head to head with um the Unilevers. I want to diversify our offerings. So I want to move away from personal care and into other things that are fast moving goods
0: Wow, we wish you absolutely all of the best. Um, you've got the vision, you've got the stamina, and you've got the work ethic. And, and I think, you know, that that's a great combination uh, to have when you're wanting to go where you go. So thank you so much for joining us and Don Bentley. Thank
2: you so much for having me.
0: All right, then we're going to release her. She is uh, joining us on the line from the US and Dom Bentley, the founder of um, Afro Botanics. Now, Mati, Mat- for you, Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurship uh, journey and or, or rather your journey in this entrepreneurship space and how you eventually found yourself um, doing the kind of work that, that you do, where you are a
1: resource and a guide for, for so many in the space. Tami, I must say it's a, a purpose driven journey. Um, I think spirituality for me has played a huge role um, without that. And also you come to a point where you realize that it's quite a lonely journey and you come to terms with it and you actually are happy with it because you do not need anybody's validation but God's. If you're set on earth to fulfill a purpose, nothing, no one person, no one person, no one anything would stop you. I like what Bentley said that she has encountered problems. You know, if she was a, a student in my class, I would give her Hundred percent, because she's done things the right way, and the persistence, the ability to grow a thick skin, the ability to realize that you're on your own, black child, mm-hmm. um, and you're fighting against huge currents. But every morning, what I do, Tammy, besides you know my meditation, my my conversations with God, is remind myself, who am I? What have I achieved? And what is my purpose? And nothing is going to stop me. And
0: and I think <laughs> your story is so fascinating because. You didn't always start off in in entrepreneurship but your no. background is is in is in is in finance is in, is in banking yes And so tell us a little bit about that shift that you had to make in order to actually find your purpose.
1: When I was 25 years old, that's, um, you know, it's a good 10 years ago. So this year I'm turning (laughs) 35. Um, That's when there was a shift in my life. That's when I actually knew that the idea of staying in this environment, in this comfortable somewhat banking environment, was actually much more frightening than going out and exploring Tammy, if you asked me 10 years ago, would I be here at Metro FM speaking to, I don't know how many people in this country, um, you know, being a custodian of entrepreneurship, um, having a successful business, because God has been very generous, Mm -hmm. I would have said, hell no. But look, I think for me, it was just knowing that, the ability to provide for myself, is what, that's what gives comfort mm. and security. No person can give me security. No corporate can give me security. It's my ability to know that I am pursuing a purpose and... I I must say God has been, has been very generous. You know, I live an amazing life. I was on the road for the past three weeks. You know, I was traveling in Europe, going to the coldest places on the earth, but also going to, you know, beautiful places like Lamu in Kenya, engaging with entrepreneurs in Nairobi. So that for me is because I made that shift. I took that risk. And right now I have no fear because I know God's got this. Look how far I've come. You know, if you've come this far in life, what else could go wrong? Because it is a journey. It has its rocks along the way. I'm not going to paint a beautiful picture, but I think the journey with its issues, with with its challenges, that's the beauty about it. I thrive from uncertainty and knowing that God has already provided and my script has been written. Oh, man, I absolutely
0: <laughs> love that. Just working and operating from the very core uh, mm-hmm. of your being. It's not just about the money. No. And I think that is um, a, a very big lesson to take, mm. you know, for any entrepreneur that that, that really wants to make it and, and that really wants to have the the courage and, and the gumption to see it right through to the end. There's got to be something more mm. Um, mm. That, that, that pushes you.
1: I mean, no no do make no mistake that the money is great <laughs> but the purpose is greater find purpose and and the purpose is what will keep you going absolutely. when the chips are down the why the why, why am I doing of this? the what
0: yes oh beautiful thank you so much um Marty. it's been absolutely awesome chatting to you today and we wish you all the best uh, and i love the ecosystem that you spoke about okay. so if there's anything that anybody can take out is, like develop that ecosystem, mm. be part of an ecosystem. You don't really have to walk it alone.
1: And absolutely I'd love to engage and encourage a lot of more entrepreneurs so um can always follow me on Instagram, Miss m-i-double-s dot M-A-T-S-I Miss Matsi and I love engaging with entrepreneurs and hearing your stories and whatever I can share I'd be happy to do it and and I mean also it's
0: very inspiring you know uh, following your, your page and, and <laughs> seeing all, and seeing all the amazing things that you're doing <laughs> and speaking at amazing conferences as well so it, 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 you know apart from being entertaining it's, it's also very enlightening Thank you, um, and, and inspiring I appreciate you you're my sister let Aww. everybody that, let everybody know that <laughs> and I appreciate you too <laughs> lots of love for you Matsi lots of love for you Um, That's Matsi said the entrepreneurship activist and founding CEO of Faraha Africa Holdings, an all-round fabulous person. It's exactly 8.41 on MetroFM Talk.